0: Welcome to FitChix Chat, the weekly podcast dedicated to educate and empower women to take control of their lives, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, mindset, and wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by Fitchicks Academy, where we help heart-centered women who love health and fitness get certified as fitness and nutrition coaches and build amazing businesses. If you're ready to create the life, health, and career you love, please join us for any of our upcoming certifications that you can read more about at FitChixAcademy.com. Now let's dive into this week's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. Welcome to today's episode of FitChicks Chat. My name is Laura Jackson. And I'm Amanda Quinn. And today
1: we are doing some, one of our favorite things,
0: myth busting. Yeah, I know. And I'm super excited about this because not only are we myth busting, but I'm also going to put you on the hot seat, Laura. I just feel like that's kind of fun and we haven't done it in a while. So I just want to be like do you know it's kind of like we're playing a little bit of jeopardy here it's like i want you to answer the questions and then we'll go through some of the facts as well as just some of the ideas so the myths that we're going to be talking about today guys are some things that people commonly believe when especially when it comes to health and specifically around fitness related ideas so it's stuff that we have maybe been fed by the media or just stuff that we have made up in our own mind. So we want to break it down for you today so that you can start making better decisions for yourself, for your clients, just for your own health and help you reach your goals a little bit faster.
1: Yeah, there, because there's so much information out there. And this is the one thing, I mean, we hear a lot from our students in FitChicks Academy, or even right now, we open back up our FitChicks Challenge. So if anyone mm-hmm. wants to do a 28-day challenge, you can check it out, fitchicks.ca forward slash challenge. Yeah. Um, but we're hearing a lot is there's so much conflicting information. It's like, should I do, should I lift heavier weights? Should I do cardio first? Should I do this? I, like, there's so many things that come up. And I know that that can cause a lot of overwhelm, which then makes you feel like you're doing things wrong and you want to quit.
0: Mm-hmm. Where
1: the one thing that I always like to start off saying before we talk about anything is there is no one size fits all way to eat and way to work out. Like everyone's mm-hmm. bodies are completely different and they're going to react differently to different things. But what we're talking about today is some of the things that we hear very commonly, which, um, which yeah, are throwing people off.
0: Totally. Yeah. Like I agree with you 100%. We even talk about this in our fitness and nutrition expert program where we talk about like it cannot be a cookie cutter approach, right? We talk about this in the academy in general, like whether it's fitness or whether it's nutrition or whether it's wellness related, you cannot, what works for me is not necessarily going to work for you. There are some uh, foundational principles that will work across the board, but when it comes to programming and development, you really need to be able to uh, to be specific about what you need, what you need as well as how your body acts and reacts to certain things completely. All right. So, let's get into this though because I want to know the answers to these burning questions, Laura. <laughs> let's so do it. All right. So question number 1 or the myth number 1 is when people step on the scale and they all of a sudden see the scale instead of it dropping, which is say they're looking, their goal is to lose weight. Instead of seeing the number dropping, they start seeing it rising, especially at the beginning of starting a new program. What happens then is people get really overwhelmed. They get frustrated, they get flustered. They're like, what the heck is going on? Why is this going the opposite way? I must be doing something wrong. I quit, right? That's usually the general thing. So why is it like, is it a bad thing if you start seeing the scale go the wrong way? That is the myth.
1: No, I think number one is that we've got to ditch the scale as a measure of, of success or of progress. It's one, yeah. it's one <laughs> measurable, but I it's, it's so it's one of those things that if you use it every single day, you're not even getting the right data. So if you do choose okay. to use the scale, weigh yourself every day, <laughs> try to be completely unemotional, but point it out like data point it out for the week. So Then what you do is divide your average for the week, and then more importantly, you look at it over a month. Because Mm -hmm. the thing is that your weight is gonna fluctuate every single day based on water retention, based Mm -hmm. on bloating. So I've seen people after heavy lifting sessions because their muscles are so pumped up, plus they might be retaining water, that they're going up close to like four pounds after a day of working out. And Mm -hmm. we have to get out of this mindset of every single workout, like there's an instant, um, like the instant effort and instant result. It is the consistency and the average over time. So this oh, is right. where, again, we see like the weight gain. Yes. If you are gaining, if your goal is not bulking and you don't feel your body changing, cause it's very hard to put on weight, right? Like obviously 10 pounds on the scale, um, like 10 pounds of muscle on your body is going to show up as 10 pounds of s- extra on the scale. Mm-hmm. However, it's not usually like just oh I'm gaining muscle it takes a lot to gain muscle so if you're seeing the weight go up 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 and you're working out of course the first thing you have to look at is your nutrition but if you're gaining weight if you're seeing that fluctuation as I've seen earlier like day to day look at the average because most of the time you're not actually gaining weight your body is readjusting or you might be holding on to water or um, yeah it could be a lot of different things
0: For sure. And I mean, you know, one of the other things that you could really do if you really want to get scientific about it, if you really want to get like a little bit more advanced about like, okay, my goal is to lose body fat and to get stronger, to gain muscle. Like if that is your goal, maybe instead of using a skill, look at getting tests done with an advanced body composition tool. Like look at something that is going to actually determine the percentage of fat, muscle, bone and water in your body so that you can get a better overall view of what that entire composition looks like as opposed to just basing it on this one number on the scale that doesn't have any data that supports that number whatsoever and leaves you kind of guessing
1: and even then i still think it's really hard because and we like again we talk about this a lot in our holistic nutrition weight loss expert program because we really dive into what is weight loss Mm -hmm. um, measurements of weight loss and it's really challenging to actually measure body composition like it's very very challenging even like the most like advanced machines are like limiting they still have a standard of error so like even in our program we actually use um we use the Navy SEAL formula to calculate lean body mass. And it has a 3% standard of error, but that's very similar to some of the actual machines that people are investing tons of money in that still have a 3% standard of error. So again, you've got to use these tools as kind of like a guideline to show that you're moving in the right direction, but not get so obsessed with like the day to day. And I think that that's where the problem comes in. I don't think it's about, you know, people seeing that they're gaining weight. I think it's because they make it mean something and they do it day to day. So it's like today the scale is down. That means I'm doing great oh, today the scale is up, that means I'm doing bad, when no, our body is not day-to-day, it's like this fluid thing that happens over time. Totally. So even when we're doing like the lean body mass calculations, again, it's using measurements, which I think, and that's what I want to say for anyone who is obsessed with the scale, use measurements. I think they're the best indicators because you will see changes in your like even in your neck guys. I know this sounds crazy,
0: <laughs> but like one of the measures- It's not crazy. I've yeah. seen it. I've seen it in my own composition. Like totally I've actually I've seen it. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I didn't realize I had to lose anything on my neck. <laughs> and we all have the thing that's crazy
1: too is we all have different fat um deposit sites, right? Like that's why totally. some people are more of a pear shape and some people are more of an apple shape. It's almost like we have these like receptors and the little taxi cab when we start to gain weight. Goes and finds like the depot to drop things off at. So we all have <laughs> places where we naturally will gain weight. So what's fascinating when you start to do the measurements and you'll see you're like if you're in your mind you're thinking oh but my waist isn't going down but then suddenly you're like wait a second my neck is going down my arms are going down because we usually lose weight from the top down which is interesting mm-hmm. especially as women hips and bum is usually the last to go and low, lower belly. But as you start, then you're like, wait, whoa, I'm actually down two inches in my neck. I didn't even think my neck like, was big. But, I know you're like, who knew? <laughs> but that's what's cool even doing when we calculate the lean body composition and um, lean body mass using that formula is you're going to see the changes in the measurements and then you'll see the changes in the numbers too. And again, just use it as a guideline. Don't use it as black or white.
0: Use it as a guideline as to you're heading in the right direction. Perfect. All right. So myth number two, and this is a big one is that you should always do cardio first. So if you're someone who is training both cardiovascular and um, doing strength training, the belief is that you should always do your cardio first. And I think that, I don't know if it's necessarily a belief or if it's just like people want to do it first because either A, they're super familiar with their cardio or B, they just want to get it over with. What is the truth on that? That's not true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... There's a module, actually, part of the fitness module, we talk about this in part of the fitness module on the Fitness Nutrition Expert Program, when to do your cardio. And it really depends on, number one, what your goal is. So if your goal is to really put on muscle, then really you're not going to be doing much cardio because (laughs) cardio, also excessive cardio, will really make it challenging to build muscle mass. But what I always say is, um, and what we talk about in the course too, is like, If your goal is, or sorry, even if you're weightlifting, even if your goal is not, let's say, to put on a ton of mass. So if it is that goal, I would say kind of pull back on the cardio, period. And do cardio that's more like walking as opposed to like high intense stuff. But... um, I always recommend to do weight training first because the thing is, is that cardio depletes all of your glycogen stores, which is like your stored energy in your muscles. So we have energy from obviously the food we eat from glucose in the blood. And then anything that's excess, we store it in our muscles for later use. So when we do our cardio first and we deplete any glycogen stores, then we end up not being able to lift as much. So we always want to make sure that when we're doing our strength training that we do that first because then we've got the most energy. We can really put in the work to lifting, and then the cardio afterwards becomes extra burn, working the heart, all of those things. Now, if you're heavy lifting too, you're going to get a cardio workout during that. Um, Now, that being said, some people, if they are going to do cardio, they like doing cardio first thing in the morning and fasted so there are people who find that works really well for their body Um, and even then what I would do is I would do them separate I would do the cardio in the morning and then I would do weights at another point I wouldn't do my cardio and then my weights but if if your goal is just general health like there's again this is not like a you have to do this or this and if you're doing it this way you're doing it wrong if you're just general health and you want to do some elliptical trainer and then you're doing some light weights and you're alternating or whatever and it doesn't really matter but if your goal especially is specifically muscle building you definitely want to put your effort into the weights and then cardio is secondary so you'll always do it after
0: although i want to add to that just by saying you know even if it's just general health health overall you also want to just be cautious because if you are doing cardio and you're getting super gassed and then you're going to do strength training, when you're feeling exhausted and you're doing it right after, that can also lead to a lot of injury because people then start like throwing weights around or just like having bad form because they're tired, right? So if your goal is, if you want to do both and you're just doing it for general health, maybe shorten your cardio a little bit maybe make it a little bit less than you would maybe if you were before doing like an hour of cardio and then strength training maybe you see like first of all we don't really recommend doing an hour of cardio. but my point is is that you might want to look at like how you can balance that a little bit more so that you're not feeling at the end of your cardio so gas that the strength training becomes secondary and also becomes kind of like You're just throwing your body into it and you're not, you're not, yeah, you're not doing it with any kind of safe protocols. Well,
1: it's not a lot of people who are doing like a split, like if you're doing upper body. So, you know, a lot of what we teach of how to build programming is a mixture of like upper body push, which works certain muscle groups, upper body pull, and then a leg day. So that's a very common split three days a week, or you would duplicate it. um, You know, if you're going to do more days a week, but Most people will do their cardio on the days that they're doing upper body because, again, most cardio involves legs, right? You're running, you're doing the cycling, you're biking, you're skiing, you're doing all that stuff. So most people will focus on if they're doing cardio and strength together, they'll do it on the upper body days. And then leg day because, again, most cardio involves legs and legs are big muscles that gas out. Most people don't do cardio on leg day. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of the – because you're already burning a ton of calories anyways and you want to make sure that you're putting all the effort into your lifts.
0: Yeah, but I also do agree with you. One of the things that I've started doing is doing the split up in my day where I do my cardio first thing in the morning and then I do some strength training or yoga later. And I find by doing them separate, I do have that energy. Like when I get to that point, like I'm all like, I do it like at the at the beginning of my day is my cardio. And then at the end of the day is when I do my strength or my yoga. And by that point, I'm already like fueled up again. You know what I mean? Like I've got my, I've got my energy sources back up so that now I'm ready to burn again. So I'm not feeling like... Wah, wah, while I'm doing yeah. my workout, <laughs> that's how. That's the only way I can describe it. Like that's how you feel sometimes if you try to do both at the same time. You're just like, wah. like you feel like you're melting.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's you're like jello.
0: Yeah. All right. So myth number three that a lot of people believe is that the more you sweat, the more calories you burn. And I'm going to be honest. Before when. I didn't understand this. I believe that to be true. Like I was like, if I don't sweat, it's not a good workout. If I don't see sweat or if I went to like a hot yoga class and I was like, whoa, like I sweat so much. I must've like burned so much. And it didn't, it, I believe that to be true. Now I'm not going to really feel the answer. What is, is that true or false, Laura? (laughs) It's false.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Everyone, the thing too, is like everyone has a different natural core temperature, Right. So mine is
0: like hot, like fire. Like I'm yeah. really sweaty.
1: <laughs> well, and, it, and again, and it also depends on your thyroid. Your thyroid is, you know, the thermometer for your body. So if you have an underactive thyroid, a lot of times your body temperature will be lower. If you have an overactive thyroid, it might be higher. Like that's just one indicator. But some of us too, just when we actually get an elevated heart rate, our body rate, our body heats, like, um, it elevates quicker. Yeah. So the idea of sweating, it really is just like your body's cooling system to try to bring it back down to like your, you know, homeostasis, like your, your middle point. Um, Mm -hmm. so if you are someone who has a natural, like higher body temperature and you sweat excessively, it's your body just trying to bring it back down. So one of the main things is that, and even for me, like I'm not as much of a sweater, like I have to do like intense cardio to get really sweaty.
0: I um, have to like vacuum and I'm like, drenched. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I've always been like that though, since I was young. Yeah. It's, and it's just, my whole do, family's like that. We're all a bunch of sweaty buddies.
1: Yeah. Like, and it's, it's normal. Like some people just are sweatier and some people just have a natural, or it could yeah. be a sign, you know, again, not trying to scare you or anything, but you know, it could be a <laughs> sign or something else that's going on. True. If you are, you know, excessively overheating and like drenched in sweat all the time. But, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, so it doesn't mean it has nothing to do with like how hard you're working. Um, mm-hmm. the one thing is though, is if you do sweat excessively, just make sure that you're really focusing on rehydration. Um, totally. so you're not losing, losing all yeah.
0: that. And so electroly- basically, yeah. So basically the idea that, you know, if you are someone who sweats more, it doesn't, ne- or sweats less, it doesn't necessarily correlate to calories. Like if you just have to remember that when you're sweating, you're losing water, not fat, right? So it doesn't, it's not like the sweat is going to impact the scale. So don't, don't think of that as like your indicator.
1: Or exactly. Or you might get on the scale after having it because you've lost so much water or the next day you might feel that as well. So you might get on the scale and it's showing that you're lower in weight. But again, that goes back to point number one. We don't want to use day to day as an indicator. We want to use an average over the week, the month, that kind of thing. And we also don't want to use the scale necessarily. Measurements are better over time.
0: For sure. All right. Myth number four. I need to do a million crunches and I will have a six-pack or not even just a six-pack but any kind of area that I want to focus on whether it be your midsection whether it be your arms whether like I got to do a thousand tricep dips and I'm gonna have like that amazing horseshoe effect on the back of my arm whatever it is it's like what is the idea around spot reducing is it okay is it possible for you to spot reduce no it's not,
1: this is one of those things that I find it funny. Cause I, I guess too, cause we're in this industry and we've been talking about this for years, but then again, you know, as I was saying earlier, we started our challenge and, um, we're having people, you know, Oh, I want more crunches. And we have a lot of things like planks or a lot of standing abs, a lot of core work that is to do with, you know, the entire torso, the back, the front. And people are like, I want more crunches. And we're like, No. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is too is that you know crunches most of the time people are doing them in poor form and they're actually like doing more damage to their neck. They're doing and like the neck their crank. core exactly. Yeah. Um, and the other like thing, that ab roller, remember that? Though? Oh yeah, I had it.
0: <laughs> I totally had it. Of course you had it. You had like all of those gimmicky things. I love it.
1: <laughs> but it's like it doesn't matter. Like your abs are superficial muscles, right? So unless you are shedding the fat, you're not going to be able to see them. And yes, you'll start to feel your core getting stronger, but we want you guys to think about more like, about core work instead of do crunches get you a six pack. Like core work is just so important for your overall like long-term goals. They're important for keeping your back strong. It's important for keeping your posture. Um, A lot too to do with breathing even. Like if you have poor core muscles, it can affect your breathing, it can affect your performance. there's just so many things, but you can't just do like dips and get tricep muscles. You can't just do, because there's so many other things that are tied into it. In addition, it's consistency. It's diet is a huge one. It's how much fat you're holding over top of those muscles. If you're looking for definition, which most people are. Um, so yeah, so you have to look again at the whole picture, not just
0: like, okay, I'm doing crunches because I want a six pack. Like, it's and right. you have to yeah and you have to think it's in terms of spot reducing you can't just focus on one area and expect it. you have to like laura said shed the whole layer of fat that's over top of it and total body you want to have balance in your body too like we don't want to have just like some ripped triceps and then some loosey-goosey biceps yeah <laughs> that'd be crazy um, all right. And then the fifth one, the fifth myth that I would love to see if this is true or false is that cardio machines, cause you see so many people on these cardio machines, like on ellipticals and on treadmills, and they, it's like they live and die by the number on this machine, that cardio machines are accurate at calculating your calorie burn. And it's like, they're like, I'm not getting off until I see this machine. Show me that I burned 500 calories is are they accurate and does that even make sense?
1: Well, they're an indicator. So they're not, and this is what I find so fascinating. This little side note thing. I find <laughs> this so fascinating, and I get it. I I I'm a person too who wants black and white answers, but it's so fascinating when it comes to fitness and nutrition. Everyone wants this specific yes or no. And the thing is like many things in life, there's so many factors that play into it and there's so many variables. So most times these things are just indicators. It's like the same thing about like burning a pound, right? So a pound is 3,500, equivalent to 3,500 calories. So people say Mm -hmm. if you burn 3,500 calories, you, um, you'll burn a pound. Right. Mm -hmm. But for some people, a pound on their body is actually 3,200. And for some it's 3,700, you know, there's no, like, it's not exactly I hit 3,500, I hit a pound. So, Mm -hmm. We just have to look at it as kind of like an indicator, and of course, consistency over time will start to add that up. So, when it comes to um, what the number on the cardio machine, the best thing to do is if you want to really know your specific calorie burn, because again, you might have a like a low, you wait or you might be not carrying any extra weight. Let's say you just say you're five foot and you are you know a hundred pounds and you're working out. It's going to be different if you're five foot than 200 pounds, you're going to burn more calories at 200 pounds than you would at hundred pounds because you're carrying more weight. You're putting in more effort to move that weight mm-hmm. on your body, all that stuff. So I always recommend to get a heart rate monitor.
0: Yeah.
1: And that way you are not relying on, you know, punching in just specific information. It's going to be attached to your body. Even though for me, which is weird, I have like a rib cage that sticks out a bit more. So all the time, my heart rate <laughs> monitor, the one that goes a strap around my chest, it's like, tells me I'm dead. I'm like, I don't have a heart rate. Like,
0: what is happening? Um, I remember that because I was like, I used to live and die by my heart rate, Mom. Yeah, and I was like, mine every day, all the time. I like, I tracked things like crazy when it was when like back in the day. It was I was so obsessed with it, and you were always like, let me try it, and you're like, doesn't work.
1: No, I got one. It doesn't work. So I mean, even those, they're not fully accurate. Obviously, mine was not, but. it's just, that would be the better way than instead of like taking that number that's on the actual like elliptical trainer or whatever as gospel. Mm -hmm. But it is good. I mean, I always think you've got to think of things and take them for what they give to you. And if they give you something positive, like you're like, Oh, I see that, you know, the number is down and I'm, you know, you're kind of just gliding and it pushes you to go a little bit harder, do harder intervals. Then that's a good thing. But just don't take it as like, oh, I burned 500 calories tomorrow. I burned 500 calories. Like, so I'm going to lose a pound at 3,500 because that's not the way it works. And that might not be exactly how much you're burning.
0: And yeah, it also doesn't
1: no. it how much you've eaten that day and all the other things.
0: And and just to add to that, I know we've talked about this once before, but I just want to add in a little story around, around that. So, you know, so many people live by like this idea that like if I burn this many calories, then I'm going to weigh less or my scale is going to reflect exactly that. And I know we've talked about this in past podcasts where it's not linear. Like it's not like, Okay, I'm going to burn these calories, and then I'm going to see that result. And the moment I step on the scale, it's not going to happen like instantly. That's not the way your body works. And you know, proof of that is when Laura and I went to the Biggest Loser Ranch in Utah years ago, and we did this experiment where I, wrote, I wore my heart rate monitor every single day the entire time, to the point where oh, remember I had like I had like marks on my rib cage from it because it was like chafing my skin because I was wearing it for like seven days straight. But we were working out. And our goal every day was to burn 3,500 calories. We wanted to burn 3,500 calories a day. It was like this crazy weird goal that we just set for ourselves. They were only feeding us 1,200 calories a day. We were starving. I remember we were sad (laughs) because we were hungry and we were eating all of the apples at the end of the night. Anyways, long story short, at the end of the week, I figured, okay, I should have burned technically seven pounds because of the amount of calories we burned. And when I stepped on the scale, it showed zero change. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And in my mind, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. But then about two or three weeks later, when we got home, I weighed myself. And then all of a sudden, the scale shifted. So if you're someone who bases everything on the scale and you start getting frustrated, you're not seeing that direct reflection happening know that it's like, it's not going to happen overnight. It's just about consistency. It's about just using the numbers as data, but not as like gospel. Because if you're using it as like, this is like, it has to be exactly this in order to get the results I want. Like, it's going to really mess you up. It's going to like, it's, it's going to be like this head thing that happens to you because you're going to get really caught up in this bad cycle.
1: Well, cause your body doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like your body literally, it's like, it's almost like the stock market, right? Like you want to put a dollar in and get $2 out. But the reality is, is you have to keep investing and it's like your workout, you keep investing with your workouts, you keep investing and then over time it will grow and you'll get to the result that you want. So it's like, it's like anything in life, like it has to be consistent. And I know for many of us, that's where the mind game and that's why we always say there's like two parts of everything. There's the mindset and the math. Um, the mindset starts to say this is not working when really it's just because the math yet is still catching up. Mm -hmm. So you've just got to stick to it. And I promise you, like over time, it's like, even for me, my body works in like, I always say like, it's like two weeks, like behind. Mm -hmm. So for example, for me, like I, let's say I go on an all-inclusive vacation for a week and I'm drinking a lot more than I would and eating a lot more than I would. And, you know, not exercising the way that I would. And I come home and I'm like, oh, I haven't gained any weight. Like I feel totally insane. And then like two weeks later, even though I've been back to my routine for two weeks, I feel like I'm gaining weight and that's because my body's playing catch up from that before. And then again, I know, well wait in two weeks, it's going to rebalance from my good behavior. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like it's good to know that your body works like that it's not in the moment. It's not like I burn 500 calories today, it means 500 calories off my body. No. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thank you, Laura, for helping us debunk all these myths. I love doing myth busting. I think that those were really important things because I think, you know, so many times we hear people say these are the things that they believe or they're uncertain if they should believe it. So I'm glad that we were able to uncover some of these myths. Now, if you are someone right now that you're listening and you're like, I want to learn more. I need to uncover more, I need to learn more for myself and for my community, then you need to check out our upcoming Fitness and Nutrition Expert program. You need to go to fitchicksacademy.com forward slash brochure so you can download our brochure, learn more about our certification program and how you can get certified and educated to be able to become a trainer become and understand all of these different principles behind actual developing programs for consistency. So, well, yeah, because I think that
1: that and this is the last thing I'm going to add to and I think that's yeah. one of the things that is so important about becoming a fitness professional or if you already are a fitness professional and you're coaching clients already is knowing the answers to these myths because if you are thinking it or have ever thought it, your clients are going to be thinking it. So we do Probably a whole thing. Over. <laughs> yeah, we, do, we talk a lot about myth busting throughout the program. But it's so important to have answers to these questions and to talk about them. Because, you know, there's so many things that have just been ingrained in us as truth, quote, unquote, truth. Um, because we hear it over and over and over again, it's like breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It's not true, guys. That was a marketing slogan created by Kellogg's, but we <laughs> start to hear it so many times, we start to believe it as true. So. <laughs> If you have clients, even this today, talk to, the, talk to your clients about this stuff, bring it up to them, run workshops. This should be the stuff you're talking about in emails and communicating to them because we've got to shift the way people see exercise instead of just being this like thing I do to lose weight. And then, it, then they think it doesn't work for them because um, it can work for them, but also to be something that is more, it's a lifestyle, right? And this will help with that conversation.
0: Perfect. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening and uh, make sure you go to fitchecksacademy.com for more information about our programs and we will see you again next week. Bye.
1: Have an amazing day.
0: Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out.
0: Thank you for joining us this week. And remember, if you are ready to create the life, health, and career you love, Join us for the upcoming fitness and nutrition expert or holistic nutrition weight loss expert certification programs. Download the brochures at FitChixAcademy.com.